You are listening to Fika with Vicky on United Public Radio, 107.7 and 105.3 from New Orleans. And welcome to Fika. Our guest today is Janice Barrett. Janice is the author of Authorized Cruelty, her debut novel, which will be released October 1st. Reaching out to me back in June, just excuse me for a sec. Reaching out to me back in June, Janice wondered if I would be interested in discussing Fika and sent me a copy over to read. I was blown away and quickly replied with bravos, applause, That's for you, Janice. And of course, yes. But since this book hasn't been released yet, I'm going to use my review as an introduction so you know how talented of a writer I think we're speaking to today. From the first page of Authorized Cruelty, you understand that your emotions will be overtaken. Then your attention is captured by immediate and nonstop action. There's no way to easy way to escape as you won't want to put this book down. Like the protagonist, you're on your own as you continue to read. A protagonist who is knowledgeable, learning, gutsy, and vulnerable all at the same time. Her layers span her past, politics, and a need to survive. This is an outstanding work of fiction, and I look forward to hearing more from Janice Barrett. So thanks for sending me Authorized Cruelty to be Janice, and welcome to FICA. Well, thank you, and thanks for allowing me to be a guest. Oh, <laughs> I don't have that much power. <laughs> but, but hey, it's good you're on. That's <laughs> that's the way it works. Okay. <laughs> It was it was a wonderful book. Now it's only three more sleeps. We're getting so excited to, to to the release of Authorized Cruelty, your first novel going out into the world. How do you feel, Janice? There's other authors out there waiting for that moment. Oh, I'll tell you, I am so nervous about this because well, it's intimidating because we have all these um, Vietnam veterans that lived the experience and I'm telling about it. So, I mean, and I'm, I only have my research to go on. These are the experts. So anyway, it was, I looked on, um, there's a Vietnam veteran Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And, uh, anyways, I listen in (laughs) just so I can pick up any additional information. And these two guys were talking and they were saying how, um, they, they were talking about this one big movie about Vietnam that was really popular. And they were saying how um, they got the some information wrong in the, um, the Viet Cong. The hats weren't right. And I thought, oh, my God, like these guys, they know they lived it. So they know where all the flaws are going to be. So I thought, OK, fine, I've got to step this up. And because I'm not going to know everything, I'm going to put a lot of facts in to make it seem more believable. But it's very intimidating when you have all these people with the knowledge to see what the reaction is going to be to it. And I can tell that the research and getting it right was very important to you while writing that book. And I want to discuss the research in a little bit. But first, we... Everybody now knows the book is about Vietnam during the war. Can you tell us a little bit more about it so that we can follow along the conversation a little bit better? It starts out with um, Patty Fielding, uh, who's 79 at the time, and she's looking back at her time in Vietnam. Uh, It was during uh, 1968 uh, with the Tet Offensive. So uh, it's... It's Patty as an adult and then Patty uh, reliving some of the stories and the things that she went through during the war. And she was with the, I'm checking my initials right now. 
<laughs> she was because I keep getting this wrong. She was with the USO entertainment yes, yes. as opposed to a nurse, or that was her job in Vietnam. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was a good help. <laughs> I helped no. me out of that one. I missed that. <laughs> That's the important part is that she's a entertainer. <laughs> well, because you, you do dedicate this book to the 11,000 women that were in Vietnam as as ner mostly nurses, but right. volunteers as well. Yes. Yeah. And, and because we don't always think about the nurses or the USO entertainers or any of those people that are often... Um, 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 who are often forgotten. Sorry. I clicked. The other Jan in my life <laughs> popped up and I quit. And she says, Janice Richardson, Jay Richardson says that she's just ordered it, pre-ordered it on Amazon. Oh, great. So, Thank you, Janice. <laughs> Janice is very um, fluid with her reviews. So I'm sure you'll have a review coming up. So back to the research, because this is this isn't so far back in history that no one alive is alive that will remember it because that's kind of safe, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> except for a few critics. Um, and 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 so you're a little nervous about that. But you didn't do, just do book research, did you? You talked to a lot of people on different subjects from from the war itself to mountain climbing. Mm hmm. Like, and, and how did you find those people? Well, I, um, okay, the mountain climber, um, I had a friend who's uh, a relative that um, she was a professional uh, instructor in mountain climbing. And my take on it was, I thought, if I don't get these details right, I mean, I watched all kinds of YouTube videos on how to climb mountains and the equipment and all the gear that they used. And, um, but I still couldn't, it was difficult to work a scene out with it. So I found this instructor and she helped me with it. It's great. I showed her what I had. I emailed her what I had. And then she told me what was wrong and what to fix. And then she read my new version. And so we went back and forth about four times. So that was great that she offered to do that. And a lot of the research was, um, it was through, um, McMaster University Library. I looked at um, books and, and microfiche tapes and uh, magazines and uh, old newspapers. So, um, and it, it, as far as speaking to people, well, a lot of it I saw, uh, I got my information through a lot of interviews uh, from interviews that I read about from soldiers. Um, or YouTube interviews that they that they um, had along with USO interviews. So, so if you, they say write what you know, but if you don't have the personal reference for it, there's a lot of places out there to find it. There is, yeah. I mean, libraries are great, but now it's so convenient with, with the internet and YouTube and Google, it, it's great, but you have to really watch what you use things like Google you have because you have to backtrack and make sure that it's correct and so you have to research the research exactly exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then research again yeah. um because you yes you do want to get it right for the people out there especially if you respect them as in this case it's mm -hmm. it's so what drew you to this era? What started this whole interest? And of all the topics you could have written about, why this one, Janice? Well, it, it's, it was because my mom was, uh, she was a professional dancer and she was supposed to go over in World War II and entertain the troops. But in rehearsal, she twisted her ankle and couldn't go. So I had, I got the idea from that. And my mom, uh, during the war, she uh, worked in this airplane factory, and she had to go up and, and to the uh, cockpit and check the instrument panels. So she had to climb up this ladder that was like 40, she was up 40 feet in the air, and then walk a plank to get the, to the cockpit area and, and check to make sure that the flaps and everything were working. And when she would, as she was climbing up and walking across, 
um, there were no other men in the factory that would do this. <laughs> she was like the only one. But uh, the men down below would circle around her and follow to make sure in case she fell and then they could catch her. So I wanted my character, Patty, just to be as fearless as my mom was. That was oh. kind of like the goal. I love that story. <laughs> that story is, I love that story as much as the book, Jen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that is so, that is, I, I, I like that. And then you read a book that opened your eyes to some of the things that had happened, but were um, covered, allegedly, <laughs> covered up. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. <laughs> by um, by Michael Connolly, right? Mm -hmm. The the what was the name De of the book De again? Declassification engine. Declassification engine. How how did that influence you? Oh, the the things that he uncovered were amazing. But first, it was like um, his book just came out in February, and that was around the time that I was just. Um, I just got contracted with, with Blue Denim Press. And Shane, the owner, he was the one that, that, um, that tipped me off to this book. He says, I've got to check it out because there may be things that I could use. And uh, the book, it's startling. It's shocking with all the information that it, that it gives you. Like, um, it's, it's this fellow, um, Matthew Connolly, that wrote it. He is, uh, he's a professor at uh, Columbia University, and he sent a team in, um, and they went through the archives, and all these documents that were now de uh, declassified, he got access to. So I learned things like um, John F. Kennedy, um, he wrote that um, the best advice he could give as a replacement was to watch the generals. And I, I mean, that was really important. And um, in the, uh, they also, he also talks, he sets the mood for what it was like in that specific era, that there was a lot of tension and struggle for power between the politicians and the, and the, and the, the military, the generals in particular. So that I found really interesting. So, so that's a major part of your book. Um, you know, the whole, the whole era, the whole era of distrust, the, you know, there's that feeling throughout it. So yeah. did a lot of that come after you thought you were finished the book? Like you took it to, to Shane, um, mm -hmm. who everybody will remember from a few episodes ago. You, you took it to Shane thinking I'm done. And then he hands you this other resource. Exactly. Um, so, but it was amazing that um, I had already set that mood in the book originally. I had uh, a lot of that set up. So this wasn't new, but it, it just confirmed um, that I was on the right track. And um, yeah, it, it. So following your characters and the story, you almost intuitively picked up on this. I did, and it was the research that did it. I, it was I, obvious once you've seen it what was going on. Right, yeah. In fact, my a lot of my storyline um, I got because of the research. It took me off, and the, I let it, the research lead me into the different uh, directions. So did you, have, uh, did you have a plot when you went into this, or did you just start researching? Researching came first, and it created the story. I didn't have... The way I actually started and the reason why I started the research was because um, I have an American cousin and he went off to Vietnam when I was 14. And this cousin, like he was always so, I don't know, so easygoing, um, vibrant. He loved his music. He was, I mean, I was only 14 and I really looked up to him and I thought he was just this amazing, well, he is an amazing person. Um, but I and then when he came back, I don't know if it was just the teenager in me, but I, I just sensed this change in him. And I always wondered, like, what caused that? What happened in Vietnam? So that's when I started really going to the research and finding out 
what was going on. So this is this is just amazing. So it's like all these things you were curious about, all of these things from your life, you turned into an incredible novel because of your curiosity. Really? Yes. Yeah. And and um, that's that's great. I, I love that answer. I, what are you nervous about? You're just doing wonderfully. I give you like an A plus book. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't have that kind of power, Jenna. So, <laughs> so is that what has has um, triggered your want to write in the first place? Like, well, how long has this been going on, Janice, behind our backs? Okay, before we actually got this book. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, I always... I actually wrote my very first uh, story when I was like 17 in high school, and it was about a Vietnam situation. And I think that's what first sparked it. But um, it's difficult when you don't know um, you, when you don't know if you're any good. <laughs> and uh, so then it's I scary. Had, it's very scary, but I just. Anyway, I, I wrote in. Um, sorry, I'm wandering here. I have that's fine. Wander. I love. Where, I love where you wander. So you go ahead. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. So I started. I started writing, and um, it was. I decided that. Um, actually, when I was when I was writing the whole story, um, uh, um, a person close to me said, "Oh, you haven't set this up right." That, that on the computer, that each chapter should be in its separate file. So they volunteered then to fix it because I had it all in one file. And in doing that, they inadvertently deleted my entire finished manuscript. Yeah, I was, anyway, but it was the best thing that could have happened because then at that point I thought, okay, I'm not spending any more time on this. I'd spent years on it because I worked full time. I was, it was 10 years in the making. And I thought I'm going to learn before I spend any more time, I'm going to learn, find out if someone is interested in what I write. So then I went to um, a magazine where they would, if they liked what you wrote, they would publish it, but they didn't pay you. So I got two articles in that. Money is so elusive in this business. I, I <laughs> really bad. Money? You want money, Janice? <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I did. Then after writing those articles, I got really cocky and I thought, okay, I want to get paid. So I went to a small newspaper and I wrote an article and I said, and handed it in and, I, and they liked it. And so they, they paid me for it. And then we continued on. And then um, another larger paper saw it and they, they asked me to, to do some freelance writing for them. And then I, I started working for them um, on a regular basis. And they gave me, I gave me my own column and it was great, but still the pay, uh, it's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, was so, I was so ticked off because I had to, I wrote this whole article and uh, then the camera, the person that, that takes the pictures, they came in, the photographer came in, took a picture, one picture. <laughs> I paid more than I did, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is so sad." <laughs> Have you been looking at photographers suspiciously ever since? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, but mind you, like, it, it takes real talent to do that. So, it's not no, but this <laughs> it takes real, real talent to write too, honey. Okay, <laughs> so, so th you built instead of writing the novel to build your confidence you built your confidence to write the novel yes and and that took that was a lot of work and you worked your way up the way somebody would in any other job an apprenticeship or whatever you created your own hands-on learning system yeah i guess i did and I, I'm telling you, I wrote and rewrote this novel so many times over the years. It was crazy. So, uh, so uh, um, later, I know that you're writing something of a different type, 
right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And you you didn't want to talk about that before. But after that, do you think, because honest to goodness, I realize it took 10 years, but this is good. This is, you have a way of writing this action, um, emotional, like just all tied up together. Is there a possibility that you will write another book like this? Oh yeah, it's already written. I've got, uh, oh. <laughs> I've got a, another book that's completely finished, and I'm, I'm very close to finishing a, a memoir as well. Oh, so you have another action book almost completely finished. The action book is, is finished. It, it's not so much. I wouldn't call it. It's not like action adventure like this one. It's, um, it's a different type. It's maybe maybe more of a thriller. So is it now or is it in the past or it it happens in the 70s? Okay, so that's sort of your era. I think so. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, I think I think it's becoming very popular right now. Oh, I think I think you're you're ahead of a, a upcoming trend um, because you know people like they went through the 40s and then there was the 50s, the whole housewife thing and the retro thing from the 50s. So yeah, we're we're heading into the 60s and 70s as as retro. I think. Oh, that's good. So I'm glad for your writing. I'm just not sure I can handle the polyester again. <laughs> <laughs> and the bell bottoms <clears throat> and and yeah there's a few things <laughs> that i don't want to see anymore so so you've always wanted to be a writer but you worked your way into feeling secure and so does that mean you don't have imposter syndrome or a lack of confidence now like about the research yes but does it give you more confidence do you think yes but i i do have a whole imposter thing going on because I do things backwards. I don't know why, but I do. I, I just think I can do it. So I go ahead and do it. And like in writing the, the book and I wrote the book. And then after um, I, when I thought it was done, then I thought, gee, maybe I should go to school and learn how to do it. So I do things backwards. No, <laughs> you don't. You do things. That's that's the important word in what you said. You do things. You don't just say, I'm going to do that, like some of us. Mm-hmm. You just go ahead and do it. And um, not about me, but just some advice on just doing it. I remember that I made a costume once for my husband for cosplay. And we ran into a, a woman who did costumes um, for movies, had told him it was a really good costume. So he took me there to meet her the next day. And I said, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I just get started and suddenly realize I don't know what I'm doing. And she said, that's what we all do when we're being creative. <laughs> So you're just being creative. And I, I'm telling you right now, you do not need to go to school to write. Okay. I read that book. It, 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 you can't learn that. You can't learn that what you did, which I'm not even quite sure what it is that you did, but you, you did it. <laughs> you did it well. That's good. Cause I'm not sure what it was either. I it never was- know what I'm doing. I, do, I never know what I'm doing. And then I go ahead and do it. And then I realize, oh, geez, maybe I should learn how I'm supposed <laughs> to do it. So that's, I ended up going to the Humber School of uh, uh, Writing. And it was very helpful because then I could go back and correct all the mistakes. After you learn how you're doing, how, you, how to write, and I've gone to so many workshops and taken courses, then you know how poorly. <laughs> <laughs> the product, the original product was and how you have to rewrite it. Um, see, Rita agrees with me. You do know what you're doing. Um, there we go. Hey, Janice, you did it. <clears throat> Got to the finish line. You do know what you're doing. Congratulations. You see, it's only you that doesn't think you know what you're doing. <laughs> I know. I take things on and I really don't know what I'm doing. But, but um it's with Rita. Rita is, um, she was in my Canadian Authors Association memoir group. I headed up the group. And um, did you know what you were doing when you? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I had not a clue. <laughs> and, 
the funny part about it was someone, um, it was, oh, I, it was, uh, oh, the Niagara Falls were having their, their literary festival and they asked if they could um, have someone to give a, a, a seminar on how to write a memoir. <laughs> so I was like, okay, pick me. Like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I head up our group and I went there and it it was really well received, so well received that he said that I did such a good job. He said uh, I could come back anytime and, and give a workshop on it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but that as are you ever bored? No, no. Especially when it comes to writing, because that's my thing. Like I started working at that newspaper, um, the two newspapers. And at that point, I'd never even read a newspaper all the way through before. Like, I'm just lucky. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. No, you're intuitive. <laughs> well, Rita also says, I know we have spoken about the insecurities of new authors. I think it is something we all experience, but with more and more exposure, exposure hopefully it gets better. Talking to um, a lot of writers, I'm not sure that it does. <laughs> so I'm not going to promise you that. Every Everything is different and everything is new. And you always probably feel those butterflies when it goes mm -hmm. out into the world. But that's okay because that that is what makes you a good writer. That ability to be humble and keep correcting yourself and finding a better way and whatever is what improves your writing, right? Right. So um, you have to be miserable to write. <laughs> <laughs> that does it. So it was, it was, this has been a long time in the making. Yes. You have been a long time in the making <laughs> the book as well. But um, but it got you to where, you know, you wanted to be, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And, and I'm curious about this next book that's already almost finished, this other action. Um, well, you said more of a thriller. Mm -hmm. So when, okay, so we get involved in our books and we live through the characters as we're writing and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And this was a very... <laughs> untrusting book <laughs> and and so michael connelly's book is as well do you think that that has influenced your view on the world at all janice like are you a little more cautious of the world yeah. a little less trusting oh yeah definitely um i was really naive and like it's really difficult because when you're watching like the news and you think that you're getting all the information by reading this declassification engine it's there's so many things that the government just classifies that you're not aware of. So you're only getting really what the, what they want you to know. So it, it now I I'm not as gullible I'll say because of because of his book. Like one one of the stories that. Um, one of the things that he said that in the classified documents he went through, there were a lot of, uh, I don't know, there were maybe 15 whatever um, documents where it was um, shown that um, nuclear bombs that were being transported by plane accidentally were dropped. And but but luckily they were never detonated so there was no explosion and nothing happened but that's really scary to think that that was going on mind you they stopped it i think in 19 around 1968 but that really to think that that was going on that they could have dropped act by accident these bombs oh and one landed on a guy's house and took out half the house and landed in his backyard it's like how do you just the weight that? of it, not any exploding, yeah, just just, just the, the weight of it. Sometimes I think we're better off not knowing Janice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have enough time. I never enough trouble balancing what I do know <laughs> that is going on out there. But yes, yes, it's that same old question. You know, is it better for the people to know or not to know, mm -hmm. um, which would make them happier? But so. We have talked about this book, but the important thing is that you buy Janice's book first. 
before you get yes. into the secrets behind it. Um, because as you know, <laughs> now, and it, it's, it's very, all her talk of money, it is very reasonably priced. <laughs> okay. So I don't think she's paid, you know, um, Okay, so do do you? Where are we, Janice? We have gone down through so many rabbit holes. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, um, I, I I I need I need to take back and just focus for a minute. Okay. Okay. One thing so, that I'd like to oh, tell yeah. you. Yes, I want to hear. You can. It'll be time for you to focus while I, so you don't, you can okay. tune me out. So you have time to focus. <laughs> no, no, I won't anyway, tune you out. <laughs> anyway, one thing that, um, when you were talking about the next book and, and how I write books, I look at um, my three favorite books. Uh, one is Where the, Where the Crawdads Sing. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it, um, it, it gives the heart of the characters. It's, it's so it's um it's it there's a lot of emotion that's that you can portray in it so i love that book but i also like robert ludland's books all of them uh the born identity i think was my favorite you can see though. that yeah and but i that's uh with his books that's what taught me like how to uh keep things rolling make it fast paced and then I, my third favorite is uh, Neil Simon's Lost in Yonkers. And it, it, that's a play. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's still a story. Exactly right. And it shows you how to, how to set up scenes and how to, to do dialogue properly. So even though I'm writing different genres, I, have, I think my personal style is in combining those three things into every story I write. So regardless of the genre, they are fast paced with heart, with characters that have a lot of heart and hopefully good dialogue. Yes, 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 yes. To all of those. It did. <laughs> that one did anyways. Um, no, but I think this is an important topic. So I'm focused again. I think it is important that writers have favorites that they can not <clears throat> because there's going to be several favorites and you're still yourself mm -hmm. right but so that you can say i like this in a book so whether you like concise writing or flowery writing whether you're mm -hmm. more of a scenes person or a character person whether you're more into fast-paced or more into a you know even with thrillers there are psychological thrillers and there are physical thrillers so i think it is good to think who inspires me who do i like to read and because reading is important if you're going to write right that's right um so you get that cadence you get that you get that build up you get all of those things so I, I like that topic. And I think, I think it, so yes, Africa plays, television shows, um, movies, they all have writers behind them. It's not like the actors just think up these lines. Right. Um, they, they all have writers behind them and they're all stories and they're all important in creating us and, and deciding who we are. So yes, 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 yes. What else do you think is important to authors? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm going to, but okay. So you have <clears throat> launches coming up. Yeah. You have um, a launch in Toronto that was um, set up by Blue Denim Press. Uh, Shane mm -hmm. Joseph set that up for you. And you have one locally in um, St. Catharines. Um, I can't say <laughs> on Facebook now where you come from, because if I put anything about Canada and then put a video link underneath, it gets shut down because it may be news. Right. And I'm oh, like, not, so I, I've been, I've been, I've been, had to be very careful because I am not news. <laughs> I'm just like news. La, 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 la. No, no, no. <laughs> We're being happy. So I couldn't say, but you are um, local to St. Catharines, Ontario author so yes. you will also have one for the st catharines area if mm -hmm. people are interested in that yes <laughs> <laughs> no 
Now put the plug out there, Jen. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yes, I'm, I'm, we have, um, on the 21st of October, um, we're going to be at Mandy's on the Danforth in Toronto. And there's also, there's going to be myself plus two other authors from Blue Denim Press. Uh, there'll be Beverly Brewer, an author of Dance into the Light, and Janet Trull, author of End of the Line. I want, I want to, re, I want to, I'm sure I'm going to read both books, but I want to read End of the Line. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> yes, I as well. <laughs> but, that, but that is an event right now is sold out, but we have a late a waiting list for it. And we have another book launch planned at Let's Talk Books in Coburg on 12th of November, and oh. the three of us will be there as well. And then on my own book launch, um, that's the 28th of October, and it's solo, and it's at the Royal Canadian Legion. I'm trying to get involved with the Legion um, because my book is about war. Anyway, so I'm, I'm having it there. So that's a good question. Do you feel closer to, not as in you want to take the, but do you feel more understanding towards veterans and and the people that have been over there? Like it was a pretty, all wars are messy, but it was a particularly, um, it was Nam. So, yeah. so do you feel... Um, compassion but just more understanding more caring well since i've done all the research yes because um well that that's what drove it to me it drove me to do it was because of changes in my cousin that i saw i i, I don't know whether he actually did change it was because i was a teenager and you know teenagers are a little flighty at times, but I, I have, I am, my eyes have been opened and what they went through was horrendous. Um, especially since like with this war, it was different because, uh, people didn't, the, to me, there wasn't a clear, um, people that the soldiers, a lot of them weren't clear about why they were there in the first place. And then with the protests going on at home, it made it that much more difficult. They didn't get a hero's welcome, which they deserved, but they didn't get it. And it, there's so many reasons to be compassionate with, with these Vietnam veterans because they went through a horrible war under conditions that weren't um, like, and they, like World War II, everyone knew exactly why they were going in. And it was, it was, and so they had a purpose. It was like, it was, anyway, it was, it was, I don't know. I, I can't explain it, but it was just when you know that you're doing the right thing and the reason why you're doing it and, and you're committed to it, it's so much different than when, and the people are committed to you. Yes, and and in 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 the in in America, they were so divided. That was a country divided over this, and people were arguing and fighting and and protesting, and and so it wasn't clear cut. And let's face it, many of them weren't much older than teenagers. I know, I know. Um, and to have your head messed with at that age. It is it is is going to have an effect. There's no Absolutely. to see what they saw, to live what they lived, and then to, um, to like they said, like it was the first. You know, one minute they're in the field, the next they're in a hotel. Exactly. Like, how and, do you? And and still, it was hard to dis to even discern who the enemy was. With so many Viet Cong, they didn't. Nothing was clear cut about that war. You know. And, and and it was so you're trying to get in more active within the legion to show your respect for that or well, um not necessarily more active i'm i'm trying to be a little bit more supportive um in that's where i'm having my um having my launch because renting the hall yes and right now i'm in the middle of uh I guess you can say negotiations with the, with a, um, a mall in St. Catharines here to see about um, selling my book 
during the time when the um, when the the legion people, the veterans, are selling the poppies, I I actually got uh, permission from the legion to sell my book uh, next to them. And uh, and what I was going what I'm going to do is donate monies for each book sold that I sell personally uh, to the poppy fund. So they were the legion was right on board for that. They were. Is that the pen? I I don't know if I should say. (laughs) But because you're still in negotiations, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. (laughs) I'm just okay. I I am just a curious person. So yes, um, it is. It is at the pen center. So I'm hoping I can get in there, get their permission to to be next to the veterans, and uh, and sell the book. Well, this is the thing about fiction is lots of times when someone is not someone who's going to take on a history book and most history books are fact and some can um, be definitely leaning to whatever the person politically wants to say, right? A fiction book because there are characters that there's, it's sort of safe from that reality thing, right? You know that it's real, but you also know who you're dealing with is fictional. Right. So it can get people to care a little bit more, I think. I hope so. I, uh, well, hope that's I, I what think, I, did. I think, I think, I think you did because your characters were very real and, and the whole story is very real. So, so I think that's good. I respect mm-hmm. what you're doing, Janice. Well, I think what made, what really to me made the characters seem more real was that Shane he had this great idea. He, um, when I first met with him, um, he, um, it was really interesting because he, it's like he investigated me and my website, not investigated, but he checked out my website. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. And your research. That's right. And, and he wanted to meet me on zoom because, um, to make sure that I wasn't a robot. (laughs) (laughs) The topic of his next novel. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then I checked him out as well, because when I was um, looking, um, when I, anyway, I wanted to find out what, before I decided to, um, to sign sign a contract. Yeah. I wanted to, to see what I, was getting into I wanted to find out more about him so the first thing I did was I checked writers beware to make sure that uh you know he wasn't on the list and of course he wasn't and then I um I contacted one of his authors and she was she gave me glowing remarks about him so uh anyway he that that to me it was like so when we met on zoom we both kind of had checked each other out but uh, he gave me ideas and suggestions for the book. And originally this book, um, Patty was 24 years old in this book throughout the entire book. And he says to me, I want you to change the um, character to, uh, to be like 79 or 80, an older woman. So an older woman who's looking back on her life. And that was brilliant because there were so many things like it, my story just dealt with a lot of what was happening now in Vietnam. But when I made her an older woman, then I could, um, she could be looking back and finding out about all these new things that were happening, the, the, all these documents that were being declassified and getting all this information. So then it allowed me to put all that information in there and that it made sense Right, because it's the same narrative. It's the same point of view, just from a different age. That's so true. she couldn't know those things as at 24, but she could know those things at 79. That's right. And it just opened things up um, for a lot of n- new information that was just being released. And making her this older person, um, it gave the book heart that it didn't have before. So that was tremendous those his suggestions were brilliant and it changed it changed my book so much it it just improved it so much more so um you well okay so any writer knows that 
you have to be careful with smaller presses. You have to check them out because there are some that are not very, um, are, 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 don't have a lot of scruples, don't have a lot of integrity, and will charge authors for everything they do. <clears throat> but Shane was not one of them. And I was just completely shocked when I looked at Blue Denim Press and I was just like, no, no. Well, you assured me that, <laughs> that he was real. So so there is integrity there and, and he does help. And did you just, did you read a book that was published by them or did you just check out listings or how did you come up on that? Okay, it, it this happened so long ago. I think I found him through Duotrope. Either that or I Googled him. But I, I set up parameters. I think it was on through Duotrope. And I set up parameters that I was looking for a, a small Canadian press and that I wanted it uh, them to um, handle historical fiction in military. And his name, the, the name of the press popped up. So I sent this stuff off. And he's real. And I that's know. the thing about listening or watching Fika with Vicky. You know that my authors are not AI because you can see them <laughs> and hear them. That's right. That's why. That's why Shane had us connect uh, <laughs> on Zoom. Zoom because yes, we're very real here. So this is, and and if somebody wants to get your book, um, it's on all the platforms out there. Yes. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't want to name names, um, but. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're not sponsoring me, and I'm not going to give them any credit if they're not sponsoring me. No. So well, they're they, on Amazon place, and yeah, Barnes and Noble, and yeah, any place that that sells good books, you can get uh, mine, and you can order them through the brick and mortar stores. And of course, I have the ebook, and, and they're also on Blue Denim Presses site, aren't they? You can't you order them right through blue denim? You probably could, but I I'm not sure. I thought I'm I thought sure. when I was looking at their site you could but you can get oh, ebooks. You can get ebooks from, from Kindle and Kobo and Apple and yeah, all the usual. And and people tend to like ebooks because um for their novels and things like that because mm -hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Um well, I know that as an author I order mine through, through Shane at Blue Denim Press. I can order them. So, so you probably, I, I'm pretty sure you can. I'm pretty sure you can order the books there. Okay. I didn't, I didn't write it down. I didn't check it right before the show. So, but, <laughs> but this is the point, you know, go check out anyways, because there are other books and there's a great write up about Janice. And um, so, definitely go check out that site and to see that it is real no robots involved in this making of <laughs> this book or this interview in any way so <clears throat> janice we have gone through um you're making me think too much lovely lovely thoughts about intuition and emotions and caring and concerning and so we want to get <clears throat> Did this, did completing, now you say you're already, this book took 10 years to write. Oh, more, more <clears throat> than that. Yeah, because I had so oh, many okay. more things going on. It's just, just, I, I just, Brian's here to prove me wrong. So <laughs> thank you, Brian. <laughs> I just checked Blue Denim okay, Press good. and they don't sell the books as such, but provide links to the usual book sites. Okay. Good. I was wrong. All right. So, um, you said it took you 10 minutes, 10 minutes, ten minutes. <laughs> ten I wish, I wish <laughs> 10 years to write the original, to write, um, authorized cruelty. But now you have a thriller almost completed. You it is completed. Yes. So did it give you more confidence? Did it give you more experience? What made the difference between the length of those two different, the length of time it took to write those two different books? Ah, okay. I think the first one, it was because it took so long. It was over such a long period of time um, because I, I didn't write like 10 years consecutive. 
Right. It, you would so yeah. you so instead of just giving up completely, you would put it away for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um because I was like going to school to the Humber School of College, learning, taking courses, doing stuff like that. And then I got sidetracked. I wrote a play and it won a contest. It was my first play. It won a contest. And um, I ended up, it was really funny. I signed this contract. It won, it won a contest and, and the theater company put snippet of it on and I'm signing this contract and underneath it says playwright. And I looked at the girl and I said, does this mean I'm a playwright? And she said, well, she said, you wrote a play. Wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, you wrote a play. I'm, we're putting it on. We're paying you for it. So, yeah, I think this means you're a playwright. And going back to our previous conversation, it was like, I felt like a fraud. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. How can I say I'm a playwright? So, again, I went back to school. And because I thought I have to learn, I should learn this before I say that I'm a playwright because I don't know what I'm doing. So anyway, it was. But you won the contest, Janice. I know. <laughs> so I'm having a hard time thinking around your thinking. Okay. <laughs> you win the contest, and then you say, "I don't know what I'm doing. I need to go back and study this." <laughs> you won. That's sort of like that's sort of like graduating into being a playwright. I would think. <laughs> well, but the schooling really helped because I really learned a lot from it. It. And what gave me the confidence is what is that in the courses that I took, I got 82 and 84%. So that was where it was like, okay, somebody who really knows what I should be doing, they're giving me marks like this. So you need so, those numbers. Yeah, I need something to reassure Concrete. me. Yeah, that it's okay. You are on the right track here. And, uh, and oh, this is a funny story, it's a side story. But um, I ended up... I thought, okay, fine. Now I've won this contest. What do I do with this play? So because I always shoot for the top, I decided to contact. Um, I checked out the website for the Tarragon Theatre in Toronto, which is a big theater, very prestigious. And according to their, their, the, the information, they said, to, in order to contact us, you have to um, you put in, uh, you give us an invitation to the play. And we'll come and see it. And I thought, okay, well, that's not going to happen because I, I, the play isn't being performed anywhere. So I thought, how can I get around this? So I sent um, to, we were supposed to contact the literary manager. So I sent an email to the literary manager's boss. And I thought, because this guy never sees plays, right? So maybe I can pique his interest. So I sent three attachments. One that was a write-up in the newspaper of how I won the contest. And then a little snippet of what it was. And then the full manuscript. And he and I got an interview at the Tarragon Theatre. So there, so you got Moxie. You <laughs> <laughs> got Moxie, doll. You'll put it in there. Okay. On this rare occasion that Brian Greiner and I are agreeing, I'm going to... He said, you've got a subconscious that has picked up the patterns of how to write the different genres. Never underestimate or denigrate. Self-learning. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Brian. You put that well. Yes. Oh, historical Niagara would like to know, um, what was the play about? <laughs> um, actually, it was, it was a true story that I turned into a play, and it was about about my dad's um well my stepmother it was about her funeral but i made it into a comedy like a, a, anyway, a dark sounds, comedy yeah, it sounds bizarre well because when i went to the funeral i couldn't believe what was happening she was laying in the casket and her daughter uh, was coming over and and they were fussing over her hair the hair wasn't right so she said does anyone have a tease comb uh, so she's in the coffin leaned over teasing her hair her mom's hair and doing it all up and then the, her other sister says well she she doesn't wear that normal shade of lipstick and so they're all getting out their lipsticks comparing shades and they decide oh she'd look better in this shade so they're doing her lips it was just too bizarre it was like 
it offered everything that a writer needs to, to <laughs> and I didn't even have to make this up. It was right there. So right there. Yeah. So it was a dark comedy. Um, I'm assuming since it was yes. a funeral, but yes. they, they do inspire that kind of, of, of thinking because people don't act. Um, Normal <laughs> funerals. <laughs> no, we all have our way. Right. <laughs> oh, oh my that was and and that was um, that was your take. So the, I can see why you're interested in memoir writing because you are so um, full of memories and and so which brings us as you write these things out. Do you feel that it gives you a sense of closure with them, a finish with them? You can stop laughing behind people's backs. <laughs> um, Brian. Okay. Okay. Let's show this. He's being witty. Okay. We'll give him witty. Was the play called Four Lipsticks and a Funeral? <laughs> oh, that's cute. You're good, okay. Brian. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll, no, we'll it was, give you. It was called Dearly Departed. <laughs> oh, that's good, too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's very good, too. <laughs> so we will call today. Now, are you nervous, Dennis? Did you have a good time? Finally, now I feel a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> and my words aren't as jumbly and confused <laughs> i i didn't find them jumbly and confused I, I i thought there was there was a lot you put on the plate and for us to think about and thank you for writing this book and giving us a chance to um look at things again and maybe understand some people a little bit more because of it and because it's a great book okay, okay. thank you very much i appreciate that and we wish you all the best with, with, with the launching of it. And when you write some more, come back and talk to me again. Okay. Absolutely. I can't <laughs> wait. And hopefully I'll be more relaxed then. <laughs> I'll have more experience at this. Oh, you did. Why don't you go to school for it, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you recommend one? I just picked up a microphone and said, all right, I need to get my world bigger. So how am I going to do that? And thus I started to do this and learn desperately as I go. And, you know, if I ever get any confidence whatsoever, Brian is sure to be there and knock it out. <laughs> no. no, that's not right. So thank you. We'll say goodbye for now and um, good luck with everything. Okay. It has been a blast. Thanks a lot. I had a lot of fun. All right. <laughs> okay. Take care. Well, that was a great conversation with a new author. Just said, well, has been writing for a long, long time, but first published book out there. And once again, Authorized Cruelty is an excellent read. Um, we'll see you all again next week. But till then. May your coffee be hot and your story sweet. Thank you for listening, everyone.